everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but I was connected to through a former guest, Paul Granger, who was on season two. She's also from the Richmond area, which is awesome. She's a poet. She's an elementary ESL teacher. It's Lauren Medina. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you. So good to be here. Thank you for being here. Why don't you share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? Um, Yeah, so I have been living in the Richmond area for about six years now, and I've been teaching in different places in Virginia for about 10 years now. I am really grateful for the church community that I have found here in Richmond um, and just trying to look to connect with other Christians and have some conversations about ways that I've seen the Lord working in my life in the past few years. That's great. How long have you been in Richmond? You said six years? Mm-hmm. This is year Where six. were you? Um, I'm actually from Northern Virginia. So I went to college in Williamsburg and then I moved back up to Northern Virginia and I taught up there for the first four years um, of my teaching career. And um, I felt like it was pretty busy and crazy up there. And I had some good friends who were living down this way. And so I came and joined them and haven't looked back. That's awesome. I have a similar, well, not super similar, but I went to school in D.C. and then stayed up in the Northern Virginia area for a while. I taught in Alexandria before I moved down here. And same same deal. Like I had made a bunch of friends who were from the D.C. area, but then kind of moved down here and I kept visiting them. And I was like, I really like Richmond and it's cheaper and less traffic. So (laughs) it it was a good fit. Yeah, it was a great fit. Well, thank you for doing this. I'm going to have you read the scripture verse that you've chosen. You've chosen Psalm 22, verses 1 and 2. And so whenever you're ready, I'm going to have you read that. All right. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Okay, so on the po- this is season three of um, my podcast. I started in the pandemic, and we've talked actually a lot about um, psalms this year. Like a lot of people have been picking psalms, which is great. And so psalms, I feel like, are really great to to pray with. And there's a psalm for every type of emotion, and we've kind of talked about that. But this mm. psalm is really special. It's Lent right now, and as Catholics, we focus a lot on the sufferings of Christ as we journey towards Easter. And this psalm is read at mass on Good Friday because Jesus mm. in the New Testament actually says this psalm out loud when he's on the cross. And so I feel like this is a perfect psalm for this Lent. This episode probably won't come out till the Easter season, but um, it's just right now when you pick this, I was like, oh, this is such a great one to reflect yeah. on for this time of year. So my first question for my guests is why did you pick this uh, verse, Lauren? Yeah. So um, I really love this psalm. Like, as you said, um, there are psalms to capture every single emotion. And mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes as Christians, we don't want to deal with some of the more difficult emotions that we may face mm-hmm. or um, times of just questioning why God is allowing suffering in our life or mm-hmm. um, feeling like you're asking for something and he's not responding. And um, I think that we should be talking about those times more because 
it is something that many of us do experience and it's even here in scripture and it is something that Christ says on the cross mm-hmm. um experiencing this feeling of feeling like the lord has forsaken you and that you're crying out it's not like you're not seeking the lord um you're seeking him but you're still going through this trial or this suffering And um, I picked these verses because they were very comforting. I mean, just reading this and was comforting to me to know that this was in the Bible because I had felt this way Um, over the past three years. I have just gone through unforeseen or unexpected life circumstances, um, one of which being that um, I just entered into a period of chronic pain and mobility challenges that I wasn't expecting at 31. So I have had a lot of issues with like walking, um, at times driving. It's kind of been, it's problems with my feet. And so it's like one issue turns into another issue and they're not like easy to, they haven't been easy to solve problems. They've been like the kind of things where you have to keep going to the doctor, a million different doctors to try to find the right thing. There's been surgeries involved. And so that was kind of like going through this was one of the first times in my life that I felt like God was leaving me hanging or something. Um, I Mm. was, you know, genuinely seeking him, getting down on my knees and praying every day, like, please, Lord, heal me. I'm in pain. I need you to heal me. And, you know, things were just getting worse with my physical health. And then on top of that, like a couple years into all of that, I also went through like a really devastating breakup. And so I know that's something a lot of people um, go through breakups. And also like I've talked to a lot of people who um, talk about how hard it is to go through divorce, although that's a different Mm -hmm. thing. But just the relational and emotional pain compounded with the physical pain, I just felt like the Lord had abandoned me basically. But I really, I tried to keep seeking him And I feel like he met me in that place and he didn't make all of my circumstances exactly what I wanted them to be. But I feel that through all of this, I very strongly experienced his presence and like inner healing. And so, yeah, I just kind of want to start having more conversations with people about those times in our spiritual walk where we feel that the Lord isn't hearing us or isn't helping us um and what it what it may look like to experience that but still to trust him and to know that he is good. Yes, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your background and your story. I think that those are things that people can certainly relate to. Um and this psalm is it's amazing like you said, I don't I don't think we talk about I mean certainly we've been living through suffering as a collective whole I feel like a global pandemic now we have um two countries that are at war that you know the world is watching and I think we're all we're, we're thinking about suffering but maybe we don't talk about it as we as constructively as we could and I think people would be surprised that this psalm is here like uh we didn't read this this line but um you had kind of mentioned that this psalm as a whole was you know one that you wanted to talk about and I, I'm looking at verse 3 Um, And it says, my God, I call by day, but you do not answer by night, but I have no relief. And I think that relates to like the story that you were sharing. And also, I think a lot of us can relate to this. And then just to think, too, that like Christ was saying this and praying this on the cross, like being God, like, I don't know, it just it's it's wild. Like I I talk to my students about how suffering can bring us closer to him. And I feel like that's what your story 
was a little bit too. Have you always been a person of faith or do you feel like the yes. suffering brought you closer well, to him? That's a good question. So I was very blessed to grow up in a, a home where my family brought me to church and I knew God from a young age. And so I just really had this strong belief that I didn't have to be afraid, you know, and I don't think we should walk through life afraid, but that like if bad things were to happen, that the Lord would help me. I knew that God was good. I knew that he was powerful and he loved me. Um, But this was one of the first times in my life that I was faced with a really difficult challenge where I'm going to this God that I love and believe in and, and, and like have always trusted. And I feel that he is just um, letting me continue to go through this, this suffering. And so it took me to a place where I questioned my faith more than I ever had before. um, Because I, I guess I was just thinking, why am I following God? Why am I choosing to follow the Christian faith? If it's not helping me at all? Um, Why, like, why would I be choosing this path? Um, And I think that over the course of the journey, I just come to know that it's not about so much what the Lord is going to do for me, um, but it's more about what he's doing in me. And I just felt like he showed himself to me even in this time of feeling like he wasn't healing me and he wasn't answering these deep heartfelt prayers that I was praying, um, he was doing like a deep inner work in my heart. And I think that going through that period of doubt um, has come to actually strengthen my faith because I know that like all of my questioning and all of my doubts, the Lord could take those and he met me in those and he showed me that he is real and that he loves me. And so, um, uh, yeah. So to answer the long way of answering your question, yes, I grew up in the church. Um, I would say all of these things kind of brought about, um, a crisis of faith, but I've now kind of come out on the other side stronger than I was before. And I think that's beautiful. I love how you said that he was, and I think a lot of times we do go to prayer and we're asking God for things. And and that's kind of even with the Psalm at the beginning, it's like, you know, why aren't you doing these for me? Why do you not provide me any relief? And it sounds like that's something maybe at the beginning you initially were hoping for, like some relief, right? You know, that's, mm-hmm. and that's valid. That's, that's understandable. Um, but I love how you said that, like the prayer that was given or the answer was that the work that he was doing in you. And I think that's also something that a lot of us really too, but it's not easy. You know, it's Mm -hmm. sometimes it seems like a little bit of like, you know, those, I don't know, it seems cheesy, like the unanswered prayers or whatever, like, or that he answers in a different way, but it is true. And I'm glad that you were able to get some comfort, even if it wasn't the relief that you were hope, you know, like the, the type of relief that you were initially asking for, he did provide that for you maybe in a spiritual sense. And, um, for maybe people on the outside, that seems like cheesy or like, oh, whatever, but like, that's real. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. I've had friends who suffered with like um, not being able to have children, um, mm-hmm. but then were able to adopt or experience motherhood in a different way, you know, and maybe that seems like, oh, you're compensating, but like, no, like that's an answered prayer, you know, if, if, if that's what you feel. And um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to respond to that at all. But. Yeah, no, I feel like um, it does 
sometimes when you're going through something for someone to say, well, the Lord might not answer this prayer, but he might answer it in a different way. Isn't like a very satisfying response. I think it's one of those things that in a way you can only know by experiencing it. But I, I think that it's very important that people who have experienced going through something like infertility or going through something like, um, a, an illness or, or chronic pain, um, and having that experience of God meeting them there, I think we should definitely be trying to share because it, it gives, I think it gave me more hope as when I was, um, earlier on in this journey and I was really like questioning why has God allowed this? Is he really there? Is he good? Can I trust him? Um, having other people who had been through or were going through suffering tell me about how God had met them in their suffering was far more encouraging than someone who hadn't been through any of those things, just giving me kind of like platitudes or, um, you know, the right, the quote, like right Christian answer to these questions. Um, it meant more to me when I could see it in someone's life. And so I think, you know, for people who are listening to this podcast, you don't know me, that's, um, one level of understanding, but I, by sharing, I'm trying to, um, kind of paint a picture of just what it's been like being a person going through, um, a lot of pain and changes in what I've been able to do, like loss of activity that I'm still going through three years later, but I really wholeheartedly believe that God is good and loves me and he's shown me that. So I hope that even just hearing that from someone who's been going through something might make someone like give someone hope because if Mm -hmm. I can say that I, maybe somebody else is thinking if she can say that maybe, maybe that can be true for my life too. Absolutely. I love that. I I think that I, there, I have so much I want to say. Like, I, I first of all, when you were speaking, I couldn't help but think again just of Christ. Like, even though this verse is from the Old Testament, it's probably attributed to David, um, mm-hmm. or I mean, you, you're an aspiring poet, like, or some kind of writer that wanted to emulate David. I just still can't help but think about Christ saying this on the cross and how, like, we were talking about answered prayers. Like, Christ had prayed in the garden, saying, "Like, Lord, take this cup away from me." Like, he he had that feeling too, and he's saying here, "Like, provide me some relief." Like, you're not giving me any relief. I just I love how like we have a God that felt that, like that feeling that you're describing that some of us have gone through. Like, Christ went through that, and yeah. and still like, but his prayer wasn't answered the way that he wanted, right? Or like, you know, in that garden, he says, you know, if this is your will, let it be done. But if also you could take this cup away, that'd be cool too. You know, like he, God was like, no, like you have to go through this. You have to see it through. This is your purpose. This is your mission. And I think for maybe us too, like that's something we have to tell ourselves. Like maybe this is a purpose. This is part of my mission. I think certainly listening to your story, you know, this is something you feel called to share and this could bring people, you know, too closer to Christ or, or, um, give them hope. Yes. Yeah. Like my students, we have been talking about suffering in classes. We're getting closer to Easter. And some of the questions that come up are like, does suffering have a purpose? Like, why does God allow suffering? So I don't know. How would you maybe respond to some of those questions if you were (laughs) me in the classroom and kids are asking that? I have thought about this so much over the course of the past three years. I've read so many books on like theology of suffering and just thought about what do I really believe about this? And 
I think that a lot, some of it to some level is like beyond our comprehension, but I think that, Mm -hmm. um, we know that God has allowed sin and, and evil into the world kind of as a, as a result of letting us have our free will. So the world is going kind of bananas. There's like diseases, there's natural disasters, and there's also just like people harming people because we're sinful. Mm -hmm. But the gospel is that like, he's not going to leave it that way. And like through Jesus, we have the opportunity for restoration of this broken world. So that on one level is my answer to like, why does he allow suffering? But that didn't help me. <laughs> that answer was like probably right. the same I would have given, you know, before I went through all these problems and it didn't really help me. Um, what helped me was that I just have this after going through all of these things, I just have this really strong belief that for the believer, for the Christian, God can and will bring purpose to all of your suffering. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, there isn't meaningless suffering as a Christian because you have, God's hand is on your life and he foreknew every bit of suffering that you would ever go through. It's not like it's a surprise to him or something out of his control. Like he's just left the world to run, you know, it's not like he's a hands-off God. It's not like um, yeah. he's just left it all to go berserk and he's just sitting up there in the clouds watching it and saying, oh, I'll come back later. Like he is a God who is active in our world right now. And it, when we open up ourselves to let him be active in our lives, he will do that. And now why does he choose to do it through suffering sometimes instead of just like miraculous healing or something, which is right. what I would have preferred. Right. I, I don't right. know, but I, we have to trust that he's God and he knows better than we do. And, and when you start walking on this path a little bit longer, you start to see the ways that God is using it for good and can use it for good. That's not to say that like he let it happen or caused it to happen so that he could then bring about these good things, but the things are happening that are bad and he does make good things come out of it. So if that makes sense, like, I don't want, I don't want people to think that like God is just, um, you know, he made this horrible thing happen in your life, but it was all for like this mm-hmm. one reason. So it's fine because it's not fine. Like if you lose, mm-hmm. um, if you lose someone, uh, someone has passed away or, you know, someone's going through a really difficult disease or a divorce, like you, it's not going to feel worth it to you probably for, or maybe it will one day, but like probably for the majority of the time that you're going through it, the good things that God brings out may not feel like they totally make up for the pain Mm -hmm. uh, that you suffered in your own eyes. But I think that the more and more you walk down the road of trusting him to bring good purposes out of your pain, the more that you see that he can do that and that will bring you comfort and and hope and joy in times that you may have felt that those things were impossible to find. And I think that's also well said, you know, we don't want to diminish anybody's suffering and be like, oh, it's so like you you were mentioning earlier, like people telling you, oh, I'll pray for you or like kind of the typical Christian response, like, 
it's it's all nice and everything, but like it's still real for the person who's going through the suffering. And, you know, I agree with you. I think like God could have done anything to save us, you know, like he could have done some kind of miracle, but he chose suffering or, you know, and and we may not fully understand that. But I, you know, I understand that to be because because of free will, because of the choice that, you know, our first parents made or whatever, like we do have this sin in, in the world. And so um he, he chose to kind of suffer along with us, like as a way to bring about yeah. redemption and to show us and to show us that suffering can have good or can produce good. Like if we will, you know, if we will, la- I don't know, it's it's hard no, to no. talk about. But like- I, I think that if you seek the Lord and you say that you want him to show you purpose and bring yeah. something good out of this, I one, I believe he does like 100% of the yeah. time. Does he, does he take your pain away? Maybe not. Does he fix the situation or automatically heal you or restore a lost relationship? Maybe not, but will he bring goodness out of it? I think he always can. Yeah, no, that's well said. And again, that, cause that is the cross, right? That is, mm-hmm. he has suffered, he died, but ultimately for a good and for a purpose. And so then that also, like you said, as Christians, that can give meaning. And, and kind of what I said to my students too, when we were asking these questions of like, does all suffering have a purpose? And it was amazing. It's so beautiful to hear like their innocent little selves say like, yeah, absolutely. I think all suffering has a purpose. Uh-huh. Like it's really beautiful to, to hear. And, um, you know, I, me and my skeptical, I'm like, well, does it like, does that person like dying of cancer? Like, does that have a purpose? You know, like yeah. it's, but I, I, I mean, they, it's so beautiful that they can see it. And I think you're right. I think we can, it's a choice. It's free will. Like we can choose to find a purpose. And as Christians, we should try to find that purpose, even if it's not immediate, it's not going to be immediate, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not going to diminish, like you said, the pain and the suffering, but Oh man. What else would you like us to think about when we look at this scripture? We just kind of talked about the first two verses. Was there anything else you wanted to point out from this? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I just love the way that you are bringing this back to Christ um, as we're having this conversation, because I think, you know, knowing that Jesus says these words at the beginning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It feels like it's, if Jesus can say that, I can say that. Um, It gives me permission to lament when I am suffering and to tell the Lord, I feel like you've forsaken me. Um, You know, I'm crying out, I cry out day by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. And I think I want people to know that if they're trying to follow the Lord um, they can go to him with these kinds of deep um, soul cries and you don't have to feel like you're less trusting or less faithful because you are expressing how broken or how um, abandoned you feel. I think that this psalm and many of the other psalms kind of show that like that is okay and that can be part of how God meets us is by us having this honest conversation with him of expressing how broken we feel in the time. Absolutely. Like I keep thinking of like in Paul's letters, I think like in Philippians and in Hebrews, you know, he mentions about how like we, we have a God who like has you know taken on flesh and like, and suffered. And we don't have a God that like shied from that. I'm paraphrasing obviously, but mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I keep coming back to that um, because it is like he chose suffering as a way to redeem us. And it's just, there's, there's a reason for that. And um, 
this I just love I'm going to be scripture nerd. So I love the, all the Old Testament kind of parallels. So, yeah, I keep drawing this back to Christ because I believe like so much of the Old Testament, the prophets, stories in Genesis, like they foreshadow or lead us to and point us to Christ. So like in verse eight, mm-hmm. you know, it's saying like all who see me mock me. They curl their lips and jeer. They shake their heads at me. You know, like that is the crucifixion scene yes. in my mind, you know, and I think of like in Isaiah too, like Isaiah describes the suffering servant and actually um, the heading for the Psalm in my Bible says the prayer of an innocent person, which is like, mm. whoa, you know, Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yes. No, absolutely. I feel like this in a way, this Psalm feels like prophetic, like it's, um, it Mm -hmm. is showing like what is going to happen to Christ in the future. Um, but yeah, another thing that I really appreciate about this Psalm is that like, it goes so deep with its description of like how low this person is feeling. Like, why have you forsaken me? Um, I feel like further down, um, verse 11, do not be far from me for trouble is near. There's no one to help. For Verse 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. Um, my heart is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Like this is like very descriptive of yeah. suffering. And yeah. I think that having those verses in the same psalm that ends with all the rich of the earth will feast and worship all who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Um, it's like basically everybody will proclaim God's righteousness, um, all to the ends of the earth. Everyone will remember the Lord. Like it ends on a praise. And so for a Psalm that goes this deep in its description of suffering to end on a praise, I just feel like that is like the gospel. It's like the Lord takes these hard, these difficult things and he brings new life from them. And we see like Jesus is suffering on the cross. We have the good Friday moment and we, it just, that is as dark as it gets is good Friday. Yeah. Um, but even from that, the Lord brings the resurrection of Christ. And that is like the greatest hope we have as Christians. So I really just appreciate that this Psalm shows kind of both ends of those spectra of the spectrum, the, um, the death and the suffering, but then the life and the resurrection and the hope. Amen. I was going to say that, like I was looking towards the the latter part of the Psalm, it's divided into four sections. And, and I, this often happens in the Psalms, like whether it be David or whoever the Psalmist is of that particular Psalm, like sometimes they do start off one way, but by the end, they, they change. And so when mm-hmm. I have read it with my students, we kind of talk about the emotions of the Psalm. It's like, oh, do you think this is a happy Psalm? Do you think it's a sad or is it angry? And, and sometimes they'll be like, it's kind of both. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, at the beginning of this, the Psalmist is like, man, like you have forsaken me, but by the end he is praising God. And as you mentioned, that's such a beautiful description of like the Paschal mystery, the Easter mystery. Um, it's such a beautiful, like what we were talking about earlier, like that suffering should bring hope and purpose. Like even the psalmist here, like came around to like, yes, my suffering, but all of this, even in my suffering, I'm going to praise you kind of like a Job mm-hmm. moment, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It oh, I also <laughs> really love this. Um, I mean, I just love this whole Psalm, but like verse 24, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering or the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. So mm-hmm. you feel like, it, like 
you have been totally forsaken. But then he's like, you know, he hasn't totally forsaken me. Like he hasn't hidden his face from me. He's he he is hearing me. And that that's really speaks to me. Yeah, because that's kind of what you were talking about earlier, I feel like about like, maybe he didn't give you the answer that you wanted, but he did do a work in you, you know, and that's that's him turning his face towards you. I don't know. I just put like how you feel. But that just made me remember what you were saying earlier. I feel like that's happening to the psalmist. and, And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, too. Yeah, because I think part of the suffering that I was feeling was that, like, yes, I was in physical pain, but also it was like emotionally difficult to be going through this, like where I'm praying and I'm like, you are powerful and I know you could heal me, but you're not. So it made me feel very like hurt. And I think like, is the Lord ignoring me? Does he actually care about me? And I came to see with time that like, although he did not heal me the way that I wanted to be healed and maybe he still will one day. Um, he didn't miss any of those moments. Like every moment that I was down on my knees, like praying, begging for him to heal me, he was there. And he, Mm -hmm. he knew that he has a plan to work this for good. And so it's, I wasn't abandoned after all, even though I, I felt like I was at the time. Amen. No, I, I feel I can think of other things. I haven't had like, I've been blessed. I haven't had like these huge moments of suffering in my life. But something I've talked about on the podcast before is I'm single. Some of it's by choice because dating is the worst. (laughs) But also it's like, it just, you know, people are like, oh, you can pray for a spouse or like do this and like you'll find a spouse or like when it's when you don't, you're not thinking about it, then you'll find some, you know, they tell you all the things. Uh And I'm like, no, I'm like, if God you know, God could do anything like God can do this, but like he's doing some kind of work in me. It's been, he's been working for a long time. And like, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. You know, like I'm going to, I don't know. Anyways, that's kind of no, my, no, I love that you, you share saying. that because <laughs> I am right there with you girl also single. And, um, I mean, a big part of this, you know, I didn't go too deep into this, but this time in my life has been that I always really, you know, hope to get married someday. And I, I was thinking maybe by the time I'm hit 30, like it'll happen. And I finally met this, this man. And I totally fell in love with him. We we're planning to get married. And then I felt that the Lord, um, for good reasons was telling me to walk away from the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, I find myself single again, like in a lot of pain, not really able to walk, <laughs> to walk, like having to rely yeah. on my parents a lot to like help me, you know, get around after having surgeries. And, um, I, yeah, it is hard. Um, you know, to trust the Lord with all of that. But I think before when I was in my 20s, people would ask me, like, why do you think you're still single? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I worry there's there's something that I'm doing wrong. Um, but now I'm like, it's the Lord's plan. Like, I don't, you know, he has yeah. a plan and it involved me being single for this part of my life. And um, he's working good things through through it. So I am just trying to trust him with the future and with like my hopes and dreams and, and what I want for my future. But I don't believe that it's like a mistake that I went through this period of my life single. I believe that it was intentional and that God is working good things through it. Amen. Well said. Well, we are coming towards the end of the episode. What kind of last takeaways would you like us to kind of to leave us with as we wrap up uh, talking about this psalm? Um, I think I would just like to say we should just remember that the same 
Jesus who says these words, you know, is, is our, is our Christ that we, he leads us in the way that we should suffer. And, and when, when we think about the words that he said on the cross, like we can remember that, that there is that Easter is coming and that the resurrection Mm -hmm. is coming. And he is a God who brings new life and new hope out of seemingly hopeless situations. And he, Mm -hmm. uh, he does that like all throughout the Bible. He loves an underdog story and Mm -hmm. um, just like making a way, like when there isn't a way I'm I'm kind of like thinking about like the Israelites going um, through the red, the red sea being split open to get them out of Egypt Um, and so many more stories like that. But like for us as Christians, like the ultimate example is, um, the resurrection. And so when we feel that we are in a time that we feel like very lost or like the Lord has abandoned us, we can look to scripture and see that God seems to always have a plan at the, to turn it around for good. And he has a plan that is going to ultimately and suffering. And we can put our hope in that. Amen. That's really well said. I know as Catholics, we love to focus on like the suffering Christ and Good Friday. And I love how we do it. Like it's like a beautiful like Holy Week is we do it up, but like it's ultimately about Easter. And I think sometimes we forget that. And like you started this whole conversation by saying we don't necessarily talk about the suffering or we don't talk about in a way that's maybe productive. And so I'm really I'm glad that we had this conversation today. At the end, um, I give people a chance to plug. So I don't know if you want us to check out any social media or websites or resources. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, I, yeah, you know what? I'll plug someone. This isn't plugging (laughs) myself, but there is a Christian author named Vanitha Reisner, R-I-S-N-E-R, who has written some really helpful books about suffering and walking through that with Christ that has impacted a lot of my thoughts on the subject. So if you're looking for an interesting read, um, I would check out her website. It's Vanitha, V-A-N-E-E-T-H-A, Reisner, R-I-S-N-E-R. And um, you won't be disappointed (laughs) if you read her book. That's awesome. No, thank you for sharing. And you all can find out more about me in this podcast. Um, I'm on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at Mistruckly1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And I tweet about what's going on in my classroom and Catholic education. And if you'd like to be a guest, let me know. And if you have any feedback for this podcast, please let me know. Uh, But thank you, Lauren, again, for being a guest and for bringing the scripture to us. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julia. Bye, everyone.